All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Kevin Colley, and you're watching Nasty Knuckles. You're listening to Nasty Knuckles, the Hockey Outlaws podcast, with your host, Terry Nasty Sotomayor, and former Philadelphia Flyer enforcer, Riley as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. Time to face off. Let's go. Deep. All right, welcome back. What's happening, Nasty? <laughs> What's up, Rigorelia? How you making out? Doing wonderful today. Yeah? How are you, buddy? Looking pretty chipper. Oh, Debo came in. He's telling jokes, knees slapping. Yep. I'll tell you what, this guy's on fire today. Got me in a good mood. Yeah, you weren't dipping into the devil's dandruff? Or... No, devil's dandruff. <laughs> I'll tell you what. A little bump fro here? Jesus, that's two weeks in a row. Fro yeah, right? we could, you got to send him a clip. Oh, yeah. You... No, nah, there's no devil's dandruff in the house today. <laughs> Baller said, nope. Nope. <laughs> Not today. Dandruff. Where'd you get that Oh, I never heard it. It turns all your bad feelings into good ones, you know? Oh, uh, God. I'll tell you what. Well, Riggs, I can tell you one thing. We could have used some devil's dandruff on Sunday night because we got shit kicked. Appreciate you bailing on the boys again. That's about fucking 12 games in a row you've missed, I think. 
Well, it's a new league. A new, it's a new <laughs> season. So it only counts for one. It only counts for one. I'll be at the uh, next one. Sunday. We we we, uh, we dropped a tough one there. <laughs> hedgehog, hedgehog, hedgehog pulled a fucking uh, Roman check mannequin and fucking quit. <laughs> fucking scared the guy like two minutes and then, to go. And then he's back. He goes, "I'm done." Yeah. I said, you're not done, Hedge. And he's like, "I saw." So I I message him and I'm like, "You're not. You're not done." And he's like, "Dude, I'm terrible." I went. You were terrible the other day, yeah, but you're not done. He's like, okay. So he left the, he while left, the game like, was still game. We we had pulled the goalie. <laughs> we pulled the goalie, and we I think we may have scored. No, we didn't score on it, but we scored right before that, and then we pulled him, and then they scored. He oh, okay, off I see. Like right. Two to go. Guys are like, run the clock. I'm like, we got time, guys. I was still jacked yeah. from the devil's day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was plenty of time <laughs> to get five Down goals. Five one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what? Uh, but anyway, uh, next week, this week, next week, yeah, this we'll week, yeah, Sunday, yeah. show up, yeah, I'll be there. Okay, yeah, right. Hey, congratulations to our boy Fridge. Oh Todd yeah, Fedoric. yeah, Fridgy, yeah, it's a uh, it's an amazing job for him. I mean, he's yeah. right in his wheelhouse of where he needs to be. He's a funny ass dude. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, he's got some experience with this. He's done it um, with the Phantoms back yeah. in the day, and. Uh, he's one of those guys. You just need a camera to follow him around, man. He is funny. I funny you wish hell. you could just let him be him, like totally, because <laughs> the ratings would go through the roof. Um, but you know, it's some well, not that he's not professional, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like, he's so funny. But hopefully, you know that he lets that come out with with what he's doing yeah. because he's a funny human. Yeah, he's he is. Funny, yeah, funny I, I think he will. It's it's kind of. Like anything else, right? You just got to get some reps in. Yeah. Obviously, he's, he's got to do the professional part of it, but I think what's going to make him great at it is is, is letting Fridge be Fridge, right? Yes, and just for sure. Saying it how it is. Well, obviously, with some boundaries, because, yeah. you know, but um, but nonetheless, I think he's going to do great at it. So I know how happy he was. I spoke to him the day he got the job there, and he was pumped. So uh, yeah, good for you know, him, I wish man. him the best. Yeah, he, uh, he'll, uh, he'll fill that role very nicely. So, yeah, that's awesome. Congrats, Fridge. Yeah. Um, what would you do if you're playing over in Czech Republic and Jake Voracek's an assistant coach? Oh, man. Like, I never thought this would happen. <laughs> Is he doing the power play? Because Yogs runs the power play. Maybe. But Jake Voracek was named assistant coach. Yeah. With Yogs. PK? PK? <laughs> <laughs> Well, he'd be uh, he'd be helping Yogs at the power play. I'm sure throwing his yeah. two cents in there. But yeah, I mean, I think looking over your shoulder and seeing that big red burly beard. Hopefully, he keeps that bad boy on the bench. No, no, he needs to trim. He needs to be professional. Well, that's nothing not professional about having a beard. Is <laughs> <laughs> is there? I mean, yeah, you know, I guess not. Well, <laughs> well, I think he rocks it well. I think. Having a character like that on the bench was certainly... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure all the players up. look up to him, too. Oh, of like, course. Yeah, I he's mean, a legend like there. He's, I mean. he's a legend there. He's obviously a really good hockey player. And mm -hmm. I just hate to see that he didn't get to finish out. Yeah, it's you a know, shame like, how it went down, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't uh, take his clubs and just go to Arizona, at least to play golf and get treated. Yeah, <laughs> or I know. Whatever. Yeah, he should have. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, congrats to Jake. Yeah, um, that's great pretty cool. It keeps him. him at the rank, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, right. What else are you gonna do? Yeah, we all miss keep him out of trouble. Keep him out of the pub. 
Well, I don't know if that's going to no. work. <laughs> yeah, right. I think he's going to have more time. Plenty of time for that. Yeah, he's right. Yeah. More time for that. But uh, yeah. So you've been watching any preseason hockey? Just the highlights. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Last night, the Vegas LA game. Mark Stone was hit by Hayden Hodgson and crushed. Great crushed. hit. Oh yeah, like clean hit. Yep. And shit went a little haywire. No problem with that, right? No. But the post game comments. Um, you know, stick together. Um, that's probably the last time I'll ever play against that guy. Uh, not really much of a player, so. I wasn't a huge fan of that from a guy that once played in the league that was a late, late draft pick who had to battle to make it. This kid's trying to make the fucking team. Yeah. I thought it was kind of brutal of uh, Stone to, to kind of like say he's a terrible player, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. You're a player, so I'd rather get your your well, thoughts. Well, yeah, on I think it. it was a little bit unnecessary. I mean, it was, in my opinion, a clean hit, right? Guy reversed the puck, Stone picks it up, guys in the four check finishes it and crushes him. I mean, I like the response from the team and yeah. Stone in the moment on the same, play. It was exactly same. what you'd expect. But to me, it's it's dead there. Like you know, like yeah. it's a preseason game. Like you know, to go out and make comments like that. But you know, he's pissed off and. Emotions get the better of guys, but I think, you know, I, I think it was unnecessary, but, um, yeah. you know, obviously he was still heated, so he wanted to voice his opinion. He did. He voiced it. He did. I just thought, I thought it was kind of shitty for, you Yeah, know, it doesn't seem like it's part of his, you know, yeah. his character to be doing that, but. I don't know him well, but yeah. I didn't think, you know, you that mad about the hit? Like, you're going to get hit. You're going to get hit. You're going to yeah. get hit again, too. That's it. L.A. might just dress him every game. That would, this be, guy that would be sick. Get him to run Stoney. Yeah. Well. Follow him around. Follow him around. I do that a lot. <laughs> Your a good boy, strategy. Uh, it is. Your boy Vasilevsky's out two months. It's a big one. What does Tampa do there? Phew. Better call know. the moose. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. They, they have to, I don't know what they have in their they system. They have like there, five goalies there yeah, in camp. So. But yeah, that's that's a pretty big blow for that team. Yeah, I would um, say so. Yeah, obviously. Uh, two months, so see what happens there. Yeah, yeah. wish them the best. Uh, yeah. It's interesting when you hear like some of these injuries like lingering from the off season and you know like you go through training camp pre preseason games and then all of a sudden you're gonna dip into the back. You well, know, it's- I, the thing that I don't understand is is um, this has happened a few times. <clears throat> well, when I was still working uh, at that level, guys, and I'm not medical. I'm just saying, like, I don't understand. It, it's, guys will get a a shot or injection. Never seems to really work. It works for a little bit, well, but then that it. issue comes back. It, that's so always... why not just take care of this right away? I guess you're just trying to avoid surgery. Well, that's right? the whole thing, right? There's that fine line of dipping in without maybe letting it heal like naturally. So the the, the, the oh, shot yeah, and all that stuff true. is it is a temporary solution. It doesn't last very long, right? And generally, that's throughout the season, getting in the playoffs. It's just like just so the guy can get through, and yes. then you do the surgery. But like, you know, to, to be dipping in the back right at the start of the Oof. season. But I'd like to think that they've weighed out all options. Obviously, they're yeah. trying to not have to have him have surgery. But you know, if that's like the the last option because nothing else is working, you got to do it right and you preserve the, the 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 later half of the season. But you know, wish him the best. It's it's shitty news for sure for, yeah. for himself it's, and the team, but. It's the nature of the beast, unfortunately. It is. It is. It yeah. is. Um, Buffalo Sabres have tremendous amount tremendous. of interest in uh, Patrick Kane. Yeah, of I course. hear that. Well, why Buffalo wouldn't? native. 
Of course. He's got mitts like mine. I mean, <laughs> how could you not want him? Don't blame them. Yeah. He's back on the ice, baller, and Debo said. They yeah. were at the rink. They will not disclose the rink he was at, but they were both there. We got pictures. Just throw those up, Debo, when you in a minute. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so I will say this. Uh, it was nice to see Coots back on the ice in a game. Yeah, it's been um, a long time I actually coming. talked to him the next day, and uh, I said, it's, you know, it's nice to see you back out there, buddy, and, and make it through the game. And f- he said he felt good. He said it's just timing. It's been 20 months, Well, man. yeah, it's a long time, uh, yeah. But I said, you know, you look good. You're moving well. So it was nice to see him back out there. Cam Atkinson was a late scratch, mm-hmm. which we haven't really heard anything since. He said it had nothing to do with his uh, injury from well, last year. News. So hopefully that's, that's good news. and just precaution, I guess. Maybe just a little sore from the bag skate. Probably just a little tweaker <laughs> from the bag skate. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. A little linger. Yep. Lingering muscle soreness and tightness, yeah. I, would, I would think. If you don't stretch and do yoga. <laughs> that's right. I'll catch up to you now. Yeah. So you know what that's all about. Remember, you do a lot of yoga and you don't have any back stuff. That's right. Except for checking for charity. Oh, well, that was it. Yeah. you gave that away. Whew. That wasn't good. That was no good. Gave everybody the fucking word. Yeah, I should have kept that one in my back pocket. You should have kept it in there because then we lost. <laughs> Guys were targeting my back. They were going after you. <laughs> Danny B. Danny B. <laughs> going you. after my he back. He chopped you a couple times. Yeah. No, but, uh, yeah, it's nice to see Coots back, man. It'll be nice to see Cam back out there, too. And, and um, you know, preseason games are, you know, I don't know. You don't read too much into them, right? That's it, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those one of those necessary evils of getting guys some reps, you know. Um, yeah. Just just seeing seeing how the team system's working, but I don't think that the coaching staff is putting a whole lot of stock into the outcomes of these games. You know, you can pick them apart, and have some teaching clips, but I don't think uh, I, I don't think that there's you know much to worry about as far as um, you know the way the games land up uh, finishing, but. Certainly, there's going to be a struggle with scoring goals. Like a lot of stuff we talked about, yeah. there are probably still concerns, but I wouldn't uh, put a whole lot of stock in these preseason games. You know, still a few, a few more it, left here. And I agree. If you, but if you have a start like you did in Jersey the other night, yeah, the first five minutes, yeah, me and Cooch were actually laughing about it. He goes, "Holy cow!" He yeah, first six seven minutes, uh, they were they were buzzing, but um, yeah, no, it is what it is, and. There's only, luckily for the players, there's only six games. I don't know if that's luckily, but for some guys, they'd probably wish it was more because they might get more get looks. Get more looks, <clears> yeah. Only six games. Um, I think that's plenty. I do, too. I mean, going I back, too. I mean, was there you years there was 12 games or yeah, something? Like 10 it was games, like 12 games. Or yeah, it was, it was crazy. crazy. Yeah. Way too back, much. Like three to four nights in a row. Oh, man, it was miserable. Awful. Couldn't stand it. But yeah. But uh, anyway. Yeah, so I think that's a wrap here, Nass. Yep. We're ready to rock. Let's do it. Yeah, episode 127. With our friend Kevin Cauley, yep. former New York Islander. Let's go. Let's go. Welcome back. I'm Riley Cote. And I'm Derek Suttlemeyer. And this week we are fortunate to have a guy that battled his way all the way to the show, mm-hmm. undrafted, uh, watched play a lot of hockey. Our friend Kevin Cauley. What's up, brother? Hey, how you doing, guys? Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure being here. I'm yeah, we great. appreciate we appreciate you taking the time, man. You look great, man. You do. I I I feel the best that I felt uh, in twenty years, at least. It's uh, it's been quite a, a journey to get to this point. Um, 
I wouldn't, I guess, change any of it uh, for the world because where I'm at right now, it's just, uh, it's, it's beautiful and a lot of uh, ups and downs along the way as we all experience. But right now, the position I'm in, I'm in a great spot and uh, just fortunate and blessed to be unlocked and where I'm at right now versus where I was just even a couple months ago. It's amazing. Wow. So that's so awesome to hear. It's great to see you again. And, uh, you know, I don't even, I'm not even sure where to start exactly, uh, how to prompt this, but, uh, you know, your, your story is, is, is incredible. Um, and you know, battling your way up through the minor leagues and finding your way to the NHL, say essentially living your childhood dream, playing in the NHL and then having, you know, a career-ending injury, broken neck, and, and then, you know, life after that. I mean, I don't want to tell your story. So, um, you know, maybe just talk about, I, I guess, the, the ending of your career and, and your last maybe 10, 15 years and, 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 and the struggles and, you know, and where you are today and work backwards. Yeah, so just I'll start with the, the injury itself. It, it was, uh, you know, a freak accident. I just went to hit Jamie Heward uh, the last second. He kind of lunged out of the way and his stick was laying there and just tripped me up. Freak, freak accident and Superman it into the boards. Uh, I wasn't paralyzed, but I was numb from my earlobes down and it just oh, felt like I was man. on fire. Um, you know, I had Brad Lukowicz and Eric Goddard on the ice um, when it happened. You know, I laid there for however long, 10, 15 minutes. And then I had Brad and uh, Eric lift me up, uh, skate me off the ice. And then I walked all the way around Nassau Coliseum. Riley, you know that. That's not a, an up-to-date uh, facility. Um, so I had to walk all the way around the basement of the uh, Nassau Coliseum to get an x-ray by myself, no assistance, get the picture. I walked all the way back around the other side of the rink to the training room no assistance by myself and then right when i sat down that's when all the doctors Jesus. and trainers come running in and start cutting off all my gear strap my head down ambulance and then honestly within two hours of when i broke my neck i was I had a halo drilled into my skull and it just happens that quick uh, where everything had just uh i knew that was it obviously that was the end of my career um you know, and, and I just phoned in my dad. It was his first game at Nassau Coliseum. So it was just, I really kind of battling my injury, but also really worried about my dad being concerned about what just happened to his kid. Um, so it was obviously pretty emotional. Um, but yeah, uh, and then, you know, Mike Milbury's GM at the time, he flew me in to uh, receive uh, the Bob Nystrom Award. And at the time I had lowered up because I mean, I skated off the ice. It didn't take me off in a stretcher, and I did all this walking. Yeah, that's around. messed up. Yeah, the, the bones of the building. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I'm, you know, I've shared this, but not publicly before. Um, again, there's no pity party or poor Kevin Colley. It's just facts of what happened. People ask all the time, so I'm I'm okay to share it. Um, so Mike sat me down, and he's like, "All right, well, what do we let's take." for you not to sue us. If I offer you a lifetime job, will that work? And being 27, just playing the NHL was a dream come true. I would have played for free in the NHL for 15 years. I would have played for free and just lived off for <laughs> me. I would have been fine with that. <laughs> yeah. So when they're going to say, all right, don't sue us. You can be an NHLer for the rest of your life and work with the New York Islanders. And I'm like, yes, that's what I want to do. Cause hockey is my life. That's 
out of anything. Um, that's what I know the most about and my passionate about. So again, just, uh, being young in front of Mike, he's pretty intimidating. It was a handshake gentleman's agreement mistake on my part. I didn't get anything on paper. And then Mike got fired and the old owner didn't want to look after me. And that was it. And just kind of part of ways. Um, but, uh, and I'm not talking negative about the Islanders. I get treated great from, from the new owners and the people that, that run the, the, uh, organization now, but just, uh, I think that led into a lot of animosity too, of how I got treated, uh, exiting the NHL of how, mm -hmm. I was promised I was going to be looked after. Um, so I think that really, I, I never come out and really admitted that before until now. I just, now I'm starting to see like how much it really affected me of, yeah, I'm just a piece of meat. They don't even care about me. I broke my neck and um, just way you go. So I think that internally bothered me more than I let on and really knew about. Um, but that was a long time ago. I'm over it. And that's basically the, the bones of, of, of my injury. And then I went into coaching and, um, had uh, a good nine years doing that, uh, really enjoyed it. And unfortunately I got hooked on pain pills and went to rehab for that. Then everything just started kind of slowly downward spiraling just with my mental state. That was just the PTSD and the TBIs from the injury and post concussions. Um, I didn't win a lot of fights because I had to fight guys like Riley that, uh, you know, one punch, they can break your face, but that's just what you're willing to do to make the NHL. Um, right. So it just, yeah, that's when it just really started to, when I was coaching pro, that's when it just kind of slowly started my mental health to start really deteriorating and finding these rabbit holes and I'd pop out for a week or two and then go back in. And it was just a vicious cycle. And, um, <clears throat> just very fortunate. Uh, I don't want to skip too far ahead. Let me know, Riles, you guys, if I'm, if I'm jumping too, too quick, but if Riley didn't pick up that phone, when I had that white towel out in, uh, the end of May, early June, I don't know if we're sitting here talking together. So right. just, it's amazing that, uh, everything lined up just perfect of Riley being there at the right time for when I needed him, got me set up with Wake, and then now the sky's the limit. Yeah. That's so awesome to hear, man. Yeah. It's, it really is. Well, it's a be be beautiful ending to it all. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dig into that, um, you know, but you, you, your injury happened in your 16th NHL game, which is like, again, it's, it's, it's devastating. Your father is there, um, you know, dealing with beyond the injury like as you mentioned the the uh, the emotional psychological component of you know and your 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 childhood dream ending and then you know having a promise that you can be in the in the system in the game forever and then having that you know slip through the cracks a lot of just like a, a dead weight you know probably on your shoulders on the on the mind but when you reached out to me you had watched this ESPN E60 documentary you know Steve Downey a good friend and a few other athletes um and obviously it resonated with you, right? I mean, you were, you were looking for hope, right? Cause I, it sounded like, you know, talking to you that like everything that you've done and been prescribed and all this stuff didn't work. It didn't. I, Is that I fair was to say? A, uh, hit the, the nail on the head. I, it, since my injury, I've had, I've tried every summer, every pharmaceutical drug 
uh, from bipolar to every kind of antidepressants to boosters on top of that to anxiety medication to these four other ones. Um, and it just totally, for me personally, I don't, I, I think the pharma drug stops you from being unlocked again. I think once you're kind of in that pharmaceutical and you're dependent on antidepressants and anxiety medication, all that, I, I, you're just such in a fog. Uh, you have no confidence. You're, you're like a hamster on a, a wheel but the wheel wasn't spinning and I didn't know how to get off the wheel. So I was paralyzed, just sitting there like a stump, not knowing what to do. So confused. Um, I couldn't think for myself because the medication that I was on was just fogging everything. I didn't know right from wrong, wrong from right. Uh, it's just very confusing and just have zero hope when you're in that state. And then when I talked to Riley instantly, I had a little hope and that's all I was looking for is like, I need just something to hold on to right now to get me to where I need to go. And, and that just that hope and seeing that it does work was uh, very intriguing. I knew this is what I had to do. My wife knew this is what I had to do. Um, it was truly just life changing, life saving for me. Yeah, it's amazing. That's you awesome. know, I think what you're describing is like these these drugs numb emotional pain physical pain you know mental pain right so you're not able to grow or evolve right or to even to to make sense of a lot of stuff like the clarity is not there right and i think that's what you're talking to and yeah. like the, you know the, the psilocybin mushrooms helps open up perception and you're able to feel more right because feeling is part of the, the human experience right it's like we just numb everything and I think that's what you probably landed up uh, you know, feeling, right? At the end of the day is that ability to feel again. It's, it's amazing. I can feel again. I just, I never thought I would be present in the moment. It, it's, it's hard to describe when you're in such a mental fog, when you're on these pharmaceutical drugs, you, you feel just so helpless. There's no way out. Um, it's, I wouldn't work, wish it on my worst enemy. I mean, I really don't because it's that, it's that bad. It's that paralyzing. All you want to do is not hurt anybody. You don't want to hurt yourself, but you just want to go off into the sunset. And <clears throat> you have no feeling. So you disregard of really what reality is of family and friends and love and truth. You don't feel any of that. And you don't have any, uh, it, it's just, you, you don't know and you don't think about, okay, well, my kids are not going to have a father anymore um, when you're in a rabbit hole. Like you just, you think about it, but you don't feel it. So you're, I was telling myself they're going to cry for a week and then they're going to be better off maybe, you know, without me. Um, so that's really tough when you are just wanting to be normal and better, but you feel there's no way out. Um, and a lot of people think it's selfish and, and maybe it is for some people that um, die by, you know, throwing in the towel. But until you're kind of in those shoes, you don't know how painfully bad it is. Not day to day. It's minute to minute. It's a constant battle with my automatic thoughts and my frontal lobe for since I got hurt, just paying back and forth and just digging that trench nonstop, but just arguing with myself. There's just, I, I was so locked up. I couldn't take in information. I couldn't learn new things. I was just so in my way and didn't know how to get out of it. 
because again, I believe these pharmaceutical drugs just locked me in and I had nowhere to go, but maybe to try doubling up on those drugs and trying something else. But I've tried so much. I was just at that, uh, so deep in that rabbit hole, something was got to happen because I couldn't just go on anymore. And then just talking to Riley and, uh, you know, watching um, Peace of Mind and just seeing this to to athletes that I can relate with that experience the same symptoms and and everything that I was going through, I could relate to that. And then now I see that they're doing great on the other side of things, mentally and uh, spiritually and physically. I knew it. It had if it could work for them, it could work for me. I knew it was just something that it, that I had to do is is follow that lead and and get down there and get the get the right medicine that my body was desperately been wanting for so long yeah no it's uh it's incredible i know if you want to pipe in here nast i mean well it's just <clears throat> it is incredible like you know that your your story like i said earlier you know you you battled your way up you get there and you have this you know just a freak freak accident but people don't see this backside you know they're of what you actually start going through. And we've talked about this before with Riley does so much work with, with people. Uh, and he's, he's amazing. We've watched so many teammates just like downs, like you were talking about, but other guys as well. And other guys in hockey and other sports, but it's sad. People don't understand what they're going through. And it's, it's awesome that, I mean, it's not awesome what you went through, but it's awesome that you're here and you're, you're where you are now. And I'm, I'm happy you saw that uh, before it was, was too late. You right know, and, 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 and that. th that's exactly it and it's if i can just help one person um by doing this then that's that's why i'm doing it it's just to share my story and everyone goes through heartaches and that's just life and stuff like that um but there are alternative uh, medicines that can help it again i thought i was the most effed up person to ever walk i really did i mean even though i could see the results in riley and and downs and, and, you know, some of these, you know, military guys that have gone it and, you know, it changed their life. And I, you still have those doubts that you still think you're the most effed up person to ever walk the earth. But, um, once, uh, I got to Jamaica and just, I let it go, um, and was vulnerable. That's when everything just changed and the medicine was allowing to, to do its thing and, and do, do the work it needed to do. Can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Cause uh, you know, I always, you know, try and communicate, you know, maybe what happens in these experiences, you know, for our listeners, um, you know, from a different perspective, like, you know, outside of helping with your actual, you know, the, the, the brain, you know, the, the TBI component, maybe the, the, uh, the damage that was done there, like, there's an emotional attachment to the physical trauma, you know, can you talk about like some of the, the unpacking that you did uh, in those, uh, you know, four, four or five days in Jamaica? Yeah, so wake what they put on is first class like from the uh the brain scans that they do while you're there i did a brain scan in toronto um prior the blood work um the sleep tracking but really the integration and the educational part they go hand in hand with the medicine um because if i didn't learn everything i learned in jamaica with the uh, how to look after yourself, how to practice breathing, meditating, um, 
just little, little, not little things, big things, like everything's temporary. So like, why be so angry? Because that's just going to pass in a second and just controlling your emotions. So like the medicine was huge for me, but just as huge was how much education I took out of our daily integrations, our uh, conversations with the tribe when we we're there. It just really blew my mind, really. Like there were so many coincidences that weren't coincidences. Everything happened for a reason. And it was so often from the time I talked to you, Riley, to the time I left the airport in Jamaica, like the, the coincidences were mind blowing where I was just like, because now I can feel again. I'm just like in awe of what is going on. This is amazing. Like I'm, <laughs> I can, I'm hearing people talk and, and I'm in the moment with the conversation. I'm not arguing with myself while somebody's talking to me. It was just so beautiful to be in that situation. Um, but doing the integration and having all that information um, and education while we were there set me up for post Jamaica to do my practice, which I do every morning. I can do it in the afternoon with the breathing, but I I'm being disciplined and I'm staying on it. Um, and it's just truly remarkable what weight does there um, with Riley and, and the rest of the team and the doctors, the CEO, uh, Nick. Uh, it was just so refreshing to be around people that want to see the best version of you. And they yeah. just want you to be better. And um, we know there's a lot of evil in this world. And that's all I saw was evil, evil, evil. And then here I come to Jamaica with Riles and, and Wake. And I'm like, wow, people actually, they do care. They, they do want to see me better and, and get out of this. And they want to help a lot of people. And it was just so new to me because I'm I was used to, it, whether you're a coach, you're always under pressure to win games. When I worked for the Dallas Stars, you're dealing with the, in the field I was in, you're dealing with a lot of customer service. And so you're dealing with just negative, negative, negative all the time. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're unlocked and then you're around people that are loving and want the best for you. It was just such a breath of fresh air. I, again, I didn't think I would ever experience or feel that three months ago, I would have said you're, you know, nuts, but here we are. It's just truly remarkable. Uh, it's, it's, it's so cool to hear you explain it that way. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and you mentioned the integration piece. And I think that's the most important piece when we talk about psilocybin mushrooms or psychedelics, as far as their, their role is being a catalyst for change is that the integration piece is the most important piece. Like that's the ownership in it, right? The accountability and, yep. and like, you know, when you look inwards, you have to take action after you've looked inwards. And I think, um, the, the medicine on its own is just an experience, uh, you know, for lasting transformation, as you alluded to, uh, the integration is the most important, the practice, the practice of, right. And, and that's yeah. owning it because now you're responsible for your own outcomes. Right. And I think that's where a lot of people get it wrong is they play victim and they want someone or something outside of themselves to heal them, you know, where, well, yes, the, the, the mushrooms themselves were acted as a catalyst and they did, they did something, you know, physiologically and mentally and spiritually, but nonetheless, like to sustain that you own that and you have to do that. And I think that's what you're, you're talking about. I think that is the most important piece because otherwise we're just outsourcing everything, the doctor, the this, the this, and you know, these people can't help, but at the end of the day, it's about us. And we are the healers of our own, you know, journey and our own issues, right? We have to own it. And I think you, you, you really touched on that in a, in a beautiful way.
Yeah, that's in that's it, it's work and it's practice. Uh, you, you know, waking up what five five thirty to start your workout. Like a lot of people don't spring out of bed and be like, "All oh, right, let's get going." You know what I mean? So it's work, it's practice, uh, and that's what's kind of fun to me because now, like, I haven't been disciplined for a long, long time because I've been just in my own world. Now I get to challenge myself to see what I'm made of again. You know, I knew what I was made of and how determined I was to get to the NHL. All right. Well, now I'm determined and dedicated to see where I, how, how great I can be as the best version, Kevin Collin. Um, so I'm, I'm sticking to the, the daily practice and the routines and that integration and the education uh, is just as important as the medicine uh, because you could do the retreat and come back. And if you don't practice and get into eating bad and um, sleeping, you know, patterns are off. You're, you're probably going to slip, slip a little bit. So I don't want to go back to that spot. So that's, I know it works. Uh, I've seen it work. Um, and that's just my, my daily goal is to get up. I, I'm, I started running now. I mean, I haven't ran since since I played, so I, I'm running, I'm meditating, doing some yoga, um, lifting some weights, doing a swim. So I do three of those five things every every morning before I start my day, and it's just a great way to start. And I feel mentally refreshed, ready to take on whatever that day offers. Uh, where so before, so, where so, before yeah, I go sit and hide in a fetal position in my bed, I wouldn't even get out, you know. So it's yeah. really remarkable. Like I'm sitting there, I can. I hear the birds chirp in the morning. I'm like, oh, like I'm just loving nature again. I grew up in, you know, the wild almost, you know, in the country. And it's just good to like, really, you can notice birds chirping and the, you know, I like my palm trees and it's just, there's so many, uh, I just look at the world so different now um, because I'm unlocked and I just feel like I'm normal, like normal somebody that never had all these injuries with their head and um battle the, the depressions and all the pharma drugs and, and everything that accumulated with me uh i feel like i'm normal and other people you know it's like i always said like when i walked in walmart like how are people laughing and having fun in walmart this is when i was depressed and angry all the time because they're just in that moment and they're having fun where now I can look now I'm the person in Walmart walking around like smile <laughs> on my face like oh yeah life is good you know so like it's just <laughs> kind of use that analogy but it, it's uh, it's so true is now that I've picked my head up and I can see clear I'm just uh amazed at uh where where it's gotten me but there's a lot of, there's a lot of work to go for sure and you know everything you're saying is just is so important for people to to to, to hear is just like you, you're you're choosing to live right you're choosing life versus you know the opposite of life right i mean waking up in a fetal position not doing anything isn't living right it's like you're waking up and you're you're being human you're moving you're breathing you're enjoying it you're having fun and 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 perspective shifts naturally right and i think that is owning it and 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 the love piece right there's an element of self love that now is able to be admitted to the world you're talking about going to walmart you're smiling you're emitting love right it's versus like you know the opposite side of like oh shit why are these people smiling and laughing like and you and you and you and you look like unbelievable like honestly like you look better than than i, than I remember you in jamaica and then you know the integration calls so it's like you're glowing and you're and, and it's showing because yeah. it's it's coming from within and you're, and you're doing the work so 
I mean, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean, it excites me because it's just, uh, you know, for anybody that's out there like struggling, man, I'm telling you, like, <laughs> there is hope, there's hope, you know, there, there's there hope. There is, I'm telling you, it's, uh, it's, am it's amazing. Uh, again, it's, there's no special pill you can take and be great. You do, you, there's alternative great medicine out there. And then again, it's uh, looking uh, inward and what do you want, what version of you do you want to be? I want to be the best version I can be. So I know I need to practice and do the work daily uh, to be the best version I can be. Um, so there is hope out there. If there's anybody um, that that's in that rabbit hole, there is faith. So keep some faith uh, close to your heart. And uh, there's ways, the ways to get out of this. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So just the shifting gears to your hockey career and, you know, you know pick, uh, kind of picking up where you left off around your new perspective and, you know, kind of feeling that old Kevin Con or Kevin Colley and that energy and that attitude, you know, growing up and the way you made the NHL, uh, talk about, you know, your energy and attitude growing up. You played in juniors in Oshawa and then eventually East coast league, American league, finding way to the NHL, but that attitude there, I remember we're playing against you. We fought a couple of times. Uh, you were, you know, a reckless, hard player, um, you know, just talk about that and just how that pertains to life and, and the energy you bring to the rink and, and, and you know, day to day. Yeah, I mean, my, my whole family is super sports oriented. Um, you know, my dad played pro hockey. He got one game in the NHL. My mom competed internationally as a figure skater. It was top three in Canada at one point. So wow. I grew up at the rink. I lived at the rink. My family uh, super competitive super competitive so like that was instilled in me at a very young age uh it was all about finishing first always like it it was maybe a little bit over the top of how competitive we were if you're not yeah, first I'm, or last if you're not first right, or last. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what i was thinking yeah yeah, yeah I know. and that's exactly kind of how it is and it was the old school mentality if yeah if you're not first i mean <laughs> you can take that second place trophy and we'll just you can throw it out or chuck it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so I just, I was super competitive from, from when I was real young and yeah, I grew up in a small town. Um, you know, I, my hockey journey started taking really, you know, 
catching people's eyes at a young age. I was in, in the newspaper quite a bit, starting off really young. Uh, and then, you know, I got drafted to Oshawa. We had uh, some killer teams there. Went to the Mem Cup. Had some uh, had a really good coach and Bill Stewart, who was yeah. old school, tough guy. Very hard on me moving away at 16. I needed that father figure, uh, you know, more full time because obviously moving away. Uh, so he pushed me and challenged me and kind of molded me into a pro when I was 16. That's when I started to develop that. Listen, if you're not going to score 50 goals every year, you're going to have to fight. I'm sorry. And he used to call me Tommy because he knew my dad. So Tommy, like, I'm sorry, but like, if you don't score 50 every year, you're going to have to fight once in a while. Um, and if you're not fighting, it means you're not playing hard enough. So uh, I took that and, you know, I was, I was having putting up some good numbers in junior but I also spent quite a bit of time in the penalty box just to have, I wanted to have more tools in, in my, uh, in my shed than the other players on my team or the players I was playing as. Like I wanted to be great at blocking shots. I wanted to fight. I wanted to score goals. I wanted to sit. I wanted to do everything because I really wanted to be the best teammate and um, do everything that the coach was asked for me. So that, that's the makeup of me. It was just whatever it takes to win hockey games. That's, Kevin Colley, you know, in that shell. Um, fortunately, I, I probably took things too far. Some nights I, I was reckless. I disregard for my health and safety along with, uh, you know, players I was playing against. And, you know, I was raised, we are, the Colleys are smaller. We're not big. And it was all about protecting yourself. And I was taught it from a young age if these big guys want to uh take advantage of it you have a weapon in your hand you have a stick so <laughs> yeah. i was really good at using my stick um and another good tool that was learned was uh early on the season when the games aren't as meaningful is try to play a, a cross the line as teeter that line and cross line early in the season so in the second half of the season, you have more of a five-foot bubble around you. Guys don't want to go near you because they're afraid they're going to get stuck again with the stick. Yeah. I mean, I was a dirty <laughs> yeah. player. I'm, I'm, I was a, I was ruthlessly dirty with my stick, but I needed to create some more time and space for myself out there to put up some some points. So I'm not really proud of, on how I just didn't have any regard for the, the health and safety of, uh, of my opponents or myself. But it was just, that was my mentality is I'm going to do whatever it takes to make the NHL. If you want me to score 40, I'm going to do my best to score 40. I found out real quick once I got to the American League, I wasn't even going to score 20 there. So I had to really dive into fighting more, blocking more shots and do more of the other stuff that I liked doing. Um, but it... Uh, yeah, it's just when it when at all costs, and and that's why I think you know my teammates, you know, enjoyed having me on their team, and you know the fans and the coaches usually liked me. So um, it was good entertainment, but just a lot of reckless and just disregard for human brain and and just safety of others. Well, my dad, my dad worked in hockey a long time. I, I kind of followed in his footsteps, but. Uh, he used to say, there's no beavers out there. They can't eat that wood, you know, twig. He used to say that all the time. There's no beavers out there. So, yeah. So you get that stick up. You get the stick up. Uh, yeah. But no, you, you were, uh, you were a hard nosed player, man. I, I saw you play quite a bit and um, 
two lefties going at it. You two, uh, yeah. just chucking the the left bombs. But uh, yeah, you you were you definitely are a, a team favorite. Riley was the same. Every you know, I had Riley a long time, and, yeah. and uh, he was always the favorite guy on the team. And because everyone appreciates that energy and what you're willing to do for the team to win. Yeah, you know, and it's 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 a hard it's a hard job, man. And and uh, Riley's kind of the same boat as you. He figured out, okay, well, I'm not going to score thirty. He does in men's league though. Yeah. He scores thirty in yeah, men's yeah. league now. Yeah, but yes. but you know, I got to find <laughs> my when it matters. Yeah, right. That's that's what we say. But you know, you guys you you guys battled hard, man. It's a hard battle to get there, and you you both made it. So it's uh it's super impressive. It is. I mean, it's it, and Riles. I'm sure it's, it's said it many times. It fighting's like you can get through the fight on adrenaline. It's really for me what what was really hard mentally was the four days between games when you knew uh the the flyers were coming to town and they yep. had eight guys that are okay <laughs> fighting three times a game i mean yeah so, <laughs> that's the truth too that's the truth you know and it, it's so the anxiety just leading up to just knowing who you're going to play four days down the road uh you do a lot of self-medicating yeah, a lot yeah. of self-medicating, taking your mind off of what you know is about to happen, even though it's not going to be it for another four days. But that, for me, that just tore my guts up. And just if I didn't self-medicate, I knew I I wouldn't get any sleep. And not saying that's why I self-medicated, but uh, it is so demanding mentally. A lot of people I don't think understand what goes into that role. Uh, it's just not going out saying, hey, do you want to go drop the gloves? It's like days leading up to it, watching film on a handful of guys you may have to fight, see their tendencies, and sit there and wondering, is my face going to get broken tonight? And for me, I can handle myself against the the middleweights, maybe low-end middle heavies, but I started fighting some heavyweights because, again, I was willing to do whatever it took. Um, the same year that you know, Riley and I had a, a couple dust ups. I fought Colt Nor. I mean, and these guys are, you know, <sighs> top five in the NHL heavyweights. And I'm, but I'm just willing to do whatever it takes. Um, and again, I wouldn't change anything for it. I got, to, I got to live and play in the NHL. And it's, it's, uh, I, I'm, I am proud of myself for, for doing what it took to, to get yeah, there. Yeah, you so, should be. Should be. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Because where where it comes from is is heart, right? It's like it's it's the attitude, it's the effort, it's the you know just the the, the grind itself, right? Which you could take that and apply it to anything in life, right? And a lot of people don't have that, so you know you should be proud because you know you did what you had to, and and there was no there was no legitimate roadmap. Like I'm I was very similar to you. Like you know it was like I grew up, you know, it was like a, a big fish in a small pond, and you realize, holy shit, I'm not that good. And like I, I if I really want to live out this dream, I got to do something out of my comfort zone. And just getting your hands dirty, and and as you mentioned, like the the emotional, mental, spiritual part of the fight is the hardest part. The physical part was the easy part. You said like it's like yeah, the adrenaline will take care of that. You get in the fight, it's like that's easy. But like worrying about all these guys, you got to fight the next fight, the next fight, the next fight. It's like the only way you can describe it is this chronic state of anxiety. Like mm. your nervous system is taxed to the max, right? It's like there's no relaxation in it unless you know you self medicate and you've. I didn't really have a breathing or meditation practice back then, so it was a lot of self medicating. Yeah, Burger King, <laughs> yeah, Burger three a.m. Yeah, when we were right? coming home. That's <laughs> I, 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 exactly we didn't we didn't 
we didn't have these integrations the information to how to handle that kind of pressure and anxiety. Uh, wish I had to know that back in the day, probably would have been a little bit, uh, enjoying life, but yeah, it's just like, even out to practice, you're just looking to escape instantly for me, like lunch beers, nap, early dinner, beers into yeah. the night, beers, extra activities, uh, not good, bad decisions. Uh, again, I, I don't have any regrets cause I had a heck of a time, uh, in my short <laughs> career, I had yeah. a lifetime full of uh, great memories bad decisions, but they were good when you, you're young and enjoying that lifestyle. Uh, so yeah. we had a lot of fun, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it really wears on you mentally being in the, playing in that role. It really does. Yeah. It's so many, so many guys we've had on that, and we know, and guys we didn't know said exact same thing. Like I, I couldn't imagine what you guys were doing. We, we, we met back in 2000, what, four. Yeah. And, uh, we became really good friends. And then he was, we actually lived together one summer, and nice. guys would make guys would make fun of me because when he's when he was fighting, I would be on the bench like like Shadow trying to move. <laughs> and I remember Harry the one day going, "Hey, you all right? Like, I think you're worse. Than, like, Riles is the one fighting, not you." And guys yeah. would always make fun of me because I'm like ducking and weaving so he doesn't get hit. Like that's gonna work. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But I couldn't I, imagine. I had anxiety just because you know, like when guys on my team fight, like that I was working with, like. But just the anxiety you guys must have, you know, you're going out there, there's 20,000 people in the, in the stands and you got to fight. It's just not, Oh man. Yeah. The Roz and I were talking when we were in Jamaica there. It's like, we fought twice in one game. Like, I think I grazed him one the first fight with one and he didn't like that. And then in the penalty box, right. He's like, we're going again. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, all right. <laughs> but like, so, he got me a lot better the second time, but then to find out, I forgot that he had to go out and fight Eric Goddard in the third period. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, Godzi is, he's, he's a big man. <laughs> he's a big yeah. man. Throws, throws the, uh, old draggers. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's again, just, uh, going out and fighting three times and then ending it with, with Godzi in the third period. And it was a road game for y'all. Just yeah. what you're willing to do to, to get to the NHL, right? It's just, yeah, yeah, it's, it's remarkable. It's funny you bring that up. Yeah, I was talking nasty about it before you got on, just like that third fight with with Godzi. Yeah, I was like, I must have must have drank more coffee than normally did, and take a couple extra Sudafed because I remember, like in the third period, normally I'm like winding down a little bit. Like, I think what happened on that play, I was like, you talk about being dirty with your stick. For some reason, I just like I whacked whoever it was. I don't even know the back of the leg, and and then all of a sudden, I realized like after I did it, like like. They, they don't they're not happy about that slash and then there was i don't even know if it was a legitimate line change but all of a sudden i see godsy coming off the bench and he come right after him like oh here we go like well you know, third third fight in the game here i'm like jeez i know split. so Roz, after you told me that, i got thinking like godsy was my roommate that year okay oh, all right so he just probably saw me bite you twice and i guarantee in the second intermission i would have said all right godsy like he just dusted me pretty good here do you want to try to get redemption for me a little bit you know so i probably <laughs> poked him a little bit to maybe go out and uh do, do the fighting for me because <laughs> i couldn't do it well against you so uh oh. if i did that my i apologize but i know you guys <laughs> uh, you guys held, held your own just fine so yeah yeah it's just uh the nature of the beast i guess we signed up for it right it was just it was just part of the game and 
you know, transitioning to the next piece we want to talk about, like, you know, everything you're talking about is, is, is like a coach's dream, right? Is like you have a guy that's like fully understanding of his role, w- you know, waking up every day, showing up at the rank, you know, pouring his heart into it. Like that, it's a coach's dream. And then you evolved into being a coach, your assistant coach, I think a year, and then you're head coach, maybe five years in the coast, a year in the central league. Like you are a coach, like you're a coachable guy, you know, and I land up coaching as well after my playing career. It just seems like a fit a fitting thing for us to do because it's like, we understand what the type, you know, we just understand like what a coach wants and that, you know, and maybe trying to be the best version of ourselves to teach the way we wanted to be taught, but talk about, you know, your coaching and, you know, bringing that passion into that uh, side of the fence. I mean, I love coaching. It's, it's to, that just a team aspect and a camaraderie. And I know you're a coach, so you're not like in the locker room with the guys, but you're still, you travel together. Um, you have one goal in mind. That's to, to win um, the championship. Doesn't matter what level you're at. So I, I, after my playing career, getting in that was the next best thing. And I absolutely loved it. The, the only thing that I would like a mulligan on my coaching career is I was on pain pills. Uh, so mm. I can say that I wasn't really clear headed. Um, so that, that kind of little bad decisions or, or whatever it is, just being hooked on the pain meds. I, I, I would like to try coaching clear headed and not, not been on the pain pills, but, um, I, I did, uh, the best I could. The, the one thing I can, you know, rest my head on my pillow at night is I always looked after my players first over my, my success as a coach. Um, I always, uh, tried to look after my guys by calling the American league teams or, or if somebody was really, uh, deserving of a call up, I spent man hours trying to get them their deserving call up because when I was in East coast, if I didn't have Mike Havlin and some of these other coaches in my corner, I don't think I would have got that chance at the next level. So that's what I really spent a lot of my time and pride on was how many guys can I get called up, even though I know it's going to hurt my personal uh, winning record. I, I was there. I was I was there for the players more than I was for me. Uh, so I'm very proud of that. I still to this day out of any coaches, uh, I've coached more players uh, that end up in the NHL. Um, and I, I take great pride in that because I help them those those players out. So yeah, yeah, that's um, awesome. my coaching career that aspect means a lot to me that I helped out you know a lot of, a lot of players. Um, for me personally, I would like to see how I would have reacted and handled things clear headed and not on on pain medicine and and uh, you know that's when I was drinking heavily as well too. We haven't touched too much on that. Uh, I was. I was a functioning alcoholic even when I coached uh, until coming up in a month. I'll be five years uh, sobriety from no no alcohol. So oh, nice. good for you. Congrats. Been, That's awesome. Been a lot of a lot of battles, yeah, but overcome. Just keep keep swinging and keep keep moving. Yeah. Well, I, I got to ask you, and it's it's not to make light of uh, uh, the the pain pills and and the alcohol, but how good did it feel to empty the stick rack? onto the ice as a coach that must have been fucking awesome man it felt so fucking good I mean, <laughs> the, the crowd was going nuts and again it's not it wasn't my proudest moment okay but i i know i mean there there's a time where 
like we're at home. You don't want to act out on the road because it's a waste. You want to do it in front of your fans, right? And Utah, we got a beautiful <laughs> yeah. building there. We have good crowds. Yep. And I mean, our my my players were just it was like six one, and the the ref obviously clearly didn't like me, probably from a previous game whatnot but my players were just being put in in situations where it wasn't safe for them um and there was no penalties being called and it was just that bad and there was i don't know like six seconds left in the game and uh guy two hands uh james sixsmith in the corner and then on the back check he just gives him a little tug and then the arm goes up and then i'm already thinking to myself if i see that arm go up i'm losing my shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I see the arm go up and I'm like, all right, this, this is going to be, a, yeah. I'm going up. and I grabbed those sticks. And my intention was I tried to put one in every direction uh, as many as possible. So that ref had to skate all over the ice and pick them up. You can see in the video, I got my equipment guy trying to grab the sticks and put them back. So I'm like, <laughs> you leave those sticks alone. You're not touching them. And I told the players before I left to go to the locker, I'm like, you, not one of you guys are touching a stick. Those three officials are picking up everyone. So it was, it felt amazing. Yeah. Obviously some slap in the wrist with suspensions and fines and stuff like that. But I mean, at the ECHL level, my owners, he was fine with it. My president was fine with it because we're getting some airtime on TSN and and stuff like that. So uh, we can laugh about it right now, but in the moment, uh, I was pretty heated, obviously, but sticking up for my players. That's, that's, why i did it um obviously made the point and i'll tell you that was the last game that referee ever uh did uh professionally oh wow oh, really wow hey. well it was funny we were watching the video and uh i remember seeing it now when i watched it again today and riles goes oh i thought the equipment guy was like gonna hand him to him and i said he's trying to put him back i was like i'm gonna ask him if he fired the kid for putting him back <laughs> on the rack <laughs> You could see me look at him going, what are you doing? Yeah, I and I went back and grabbed him on there. But it, uh, that was a good strategy. Good strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to uh, cover as much real estate on the ice with as many sticks <laughs> as possible uh, and make it worthwhile. If I was going to do it, I'm going to go big. Yeah, you um, might as well do it. Yeah. That's yeah. well yeah, thought out. Yeah. I mean, it was just uh, – reaction that just blocked out really yeah. i'm glad i kept my clothes on really because yeah, right? yeah. i've seen some like uh pankowitz that was in colorado and uh panky had a good episode of ripping off his shirt he was in a I lot better that. shape than me at the time uh so he could do that that's probably why i kept my shirt on but um yeah it was a good one it was it was fun that's funny. Yeah, well, we'll show the clip where we, we talk about this uh, when, when this airs. But, um, yeah, like, like I say, like, good strategy. Like, I'm thinking, like, if that was me, I would just grab the bundle and just throw them all over. Like, you, you were, like, like thinking yeah. this through. It's like one over here, I'm talking one about over that here. Way, that <laughs> way, that way, Yeah, I wanted that uh, to well work done. for it. Yeah, yeah it's so yeah, good. It yeah. What, uh, what, what coach, uh, that you had, you met, you, you talked about your junior coach there that kind of like really kind of, you know, maybe shed some light on the, the type of game you had to play. Who was your favorite coach? You had, you know, several of them in, in the minors and then the NHL there. Yeah. So, uh, Bill Stewart, uh, he played for the Leafs. He was uh, a heavyweight, just old school, full on barbarian, uh, <laughs> 
the the dirty thing i learned a lot of dirty things from him as well uh but and we had we had a really good team we had mark savard and john trapp and uh marty wilford and, and you know all these guys played oh, uh, a long time yeah he's in buffalo I know marty. yeah that's uh, so we had a good team but it didn't matter you know i, I was a first year guy and third line but he was probably harder on me than the rest of the guys because he knew I could take it and I would respond exactly how he would want uh, me to respond to get the, the other team going. So he knew exactly how to, what bus, buttons to push um, and when to do it. And he was super hard on me, but super loving. Like, yeah, if I was having a bad day, arm around me, like, Hey, let's just go for coffee. And he just knew me on a personal level too. So it was just a great relationship I, I had with Billy. Uh, Mike Havland in the ECHL, we won a championship together in Atlantic City. Uh, he was a major influence and factor in, in uh, me making that next step. He played, he went to win one or two Stanley Cups with uh, the Blackhawks when they had that run right. there as a coach. <clears throat> so I owe a lot to Mike, just a great um kind of salt of the earth guy you don't hear that too much as a, as a coach as a makeup he just he would give the shirt off his back and and i owe a lot to mike um he wasn't really hard on me he understood me and kind of coddled me a little bit more um than bill did but that 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 time that's what i needed uh the other coach is greg cronin who now coaches anaheim mm -hmm. Uh, right. major, major respect for, for this guy. Um, he coached me when I played for team USA world juniors. Um, and that's when he had just stopped his, uh, drinking and he's been sober since. Uh, so he's always been again, like almost like a, because I lived away from my dad, like the in-house father figure of, listen, I'm going to do everything you ask. And if they, they can read on my face, I had a bad day. They treated me like their son. And that's really what stuck with me is like at the end of the day, they're they 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 care about Kevin Colley. And those maybe are probably why they're my three best coaches. Cause I know deep down they they rode my ass harder than anybody else, but I knew deep down they cared about me. Right. Yeah. And they knew where <laughs> I wanted to go and they they knew what I needed to do to get there and they helped push me, but they're also there to help me through some difficult times um, just as a human being. So just not as hockey coaches, but just as people and mentors, those three, Billy Stewart, Mike Havlin and, and Greg Cronin, um, just, I don't know where I would have got without them. Amazing. I wouldn't have got far. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. What an yeah, influence they've had. I love hearing that. And then where you're sitting right now in your life, you know, from a coach's perspective, if you, if you were to talk to your, you know, say, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old self as a person, you know, before the hockey player, I know it's a bit of a challenging question. Uh, what, is there any advice you give yourself knowing what you know now, like after you've gone through the ringer and experienced all the, the darkness and kind of seen this new shift and this new perspective? Yeah, I would think that uh, not knowing the future is okay. Uh, Cause yes. I, I just, I, I always got caught caught up in, in in the fear of not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow or next year and like the fighting for your next contract like you just there's so many uh intangibles that just are unknown i would just say it's temporary and now that i know how to breathe properly and yoga and meditate and how valuable it is 
I would have dove into that when I was younger. Um, I would have made a lot better decisions. I would have been a lot healthier. Um, I would have been as reckless. Um, and I think I still would have found a way to make the NHL because I was that determined um, without being so reckless and um, not giving a shit about my health or anybody else around me. So I think I would have been a lot more mindful uh, because I would have had the practice to to carry myself as the best version of Kevin Colley back when I was 18, 19, not being a young young buck causing <laughs> on a daily and getting into trouble on the daily. I, I would have probably saved myself uh, a lot of uh, a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice. Yeah, it's the presence, right? It's like we're you know I'm I'm guilty for it. I'm sure most people are just you know li living too far in the future, right? And it's like you just kind of almost forget about the the moment and enjoying that moment, right? Because it's the only time that exists, right? I mean, the future is not here yet, and when when it does arrive, it's still the present moment, you know. And I think we get caught in these traps. That's it. I mean, since my injury to now, I was, uh, I was, I was trapped. I mean, there was nowhere to go. Um, and it's just, uh, it, it's, it was 18 years of, I, I got the 18 years. I will never get back. I've got great memories in there. It's where I met my wife and I got my kids and, you know, I, I got hockey and, and there's a lot of good memories in there. Uh, but I'll never get those 18 years back of not being present and having the feelings that I'm able to feel now. But And I'm okay with that because I got through it. I'm on the other side. Now I get to look forward to how I'm going to finish off the the final, I don't know, I don't know if it's half life or what, but uh, as I start getting older, my goal is just to live uh, as pure and, and as joyful um, as Kevin Colley can be. And uh, that's what I'm looking forward to now is reconditioning my brain to knowing that there is a lot of love out there. There's a lot of great people out there. Bad times, they're temporary. They come and go like everything in life. I'm just very more mindful and uh, grounded and have a lot more humility, empathy for people now. I always had sympathy, but I never had empathy. Now I, now I can feel the empathy, which I, you know, I've been asking to, to feel that for a long time. Uh, so it's just, uh, it, it's a, it's a heck of a story. It was a hell of a ride. And now I'm looking forward to just a real good, positive, loving family, friends, and riding the, uh, the rest of our time, my time, uh, sees fit. And, and just, again, I just want to be a good, good human being, a good Kevin McCauley. Yeah. Well, you are, and you're being, you yeah. know, be being vulnerable, sharing your story, and you know, just just the openness, and, and I mean, everything, everything about it is is beautiful, and yeah. um, <laughs> you know, and I'd like to think that as you keep sharing your story, you're going to help a lot of people. You know, it's 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 really getting out of our comfort zone, and you know, you and I are very similar. Like growing up, we we didn't really talk, we don't we're not trained to talk about our feelings. No. Right. And it's like no. funny how we're sitting here, we're talking about our feelings and like, you know, and, and, and it's not just, okay, it's necessary. It's really the only way, right. And if these emotions need to be expressed, but I think being vulnerable and sharing your story is, is certainly going to touch someone's life and, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, help them, uh, at least explore the, these, uh, these other options that, that they're, they're life-changing. So yeah, appreciate they are. What you're doing. 
they are like you said it's a necessity to talk about this uh you look at you know like generations before us how you know our parents were raised their parents like things have changed quite a bit uh i don't think it turned out great for a lot of the old school people that you know were super uh, held everything in right Right. and and weren't vulnerable and shared their feelings because it was a sign of weakness it's a sign of uh, strength now um and they could have lived a, a better peaceful life if they had been vulnerable, given in, talked and, and shared the feelings. Um, and I'm OK where I sit right now being vulnerable. I know I'm I'm not a pussy because I'm I'm sharing my life story and, and my hardships. Uh, and now I'm excited because of where I'm going and how I feel. I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll, I'm here to to share my that story of there is a way you get through you can go through hell just keep walking there's there's hope out there there's faith and and uh just uh now it's just see what uh it's a clear canvas for me now i just yeah right yeah that's beautiful i can do i feel i'm in a position i can do um a lot of different things uh that i want to do where before i i was uh paralyzed and not a good spot, but just grateful that I'm able in a position where I'm at right now. Amazing. And where, where could people find you if, if they're interested in, in you know, reaching out and, you know, picking your brain? Do you have a website, email address, anything? I do. I got uh, a domain uh, that just got set up, but my sister did it. So I have to reach out to her right now. The best way is just my personal email. It's kcolly zero four at gmail.com and then i'll update uh my platforms as i get going here beautiful nice well brother i appreciate you hopping on and uh and sharing your story it's uh super powerful i'm uh more than grateful to have you know been a part you know and witnessed you know the the starting point of this transformation and like your attitude energy is, is just so so um um amazing it's just like it's just it's just exactly you know the the point of life and i think people could see you hear you and people that knew you from before but people that even know you uh it can hear it and see it so it's definitely a testament to you putting yourself out there you flying to jamaica doing the work and and continuing to do the work because the work never ends right i mean that's the say the audio level calling it work it's just practice you know it's life and um but props to you, man, and I appreciate yep. you. And, you know, well, I, and I appreciate you hopping on. Thank you for having me. It means a lot. Uh, I listen to you guys all the time. Uh, Roz, I need to personally thank you for, for everything you've done for me. Uh, you probably don't understand the significance of it. I know in my heart how much it, it, it you've done for me. Uh, so I want to thank you. Uh, helped save my life. So, of course. Love That's you, brother. Awesome. appreciate you. Thank you for, for having me on. Um, and uh maybe we can do another one absolutely there you go let's do it we well, appreciate you man all right. have a good day rest all of the day right. we'll be in Thanks, touch fellas. all right big thank you to our friend kevin Colley for hopping on yes what great a, guy man yeah great guy amazing story glad to see him doing well yeah and wish him best moving forward so yeah quite the uh quite the event and it's just amazing to see it is. how you can turn things around <clears throat> and uh yeah just uh find that uh that happiness and find that uh that that purpose i guess you could say right yeah. i mean it's uh it's a it's it's life's a grind and we're dealing with uh 
a broken neck and oh, you know man. a transition into the real world and dealing with that whole thing man i can't imagine so yeah not fun no not fun. but uh great to see him doing well yeah appreciate man. him hopping on and i think it's that time now is it that time oh i believe it's time for the clear questions brought to you by clear rum make sure you go to their website nasty 2023 for 35% off. You get that baller? You got it, baby. <laughs> What's the website, Nast? Clearrum.com. Oh, you got get it. Get on there. Hydrate. It's get the some best cucumbers, oh, some purple gosh. pash. People keep taking all my stock. They come in, my customers come yeah. in. Seriously, they're like, it's unbelievable. I'm like, yeah, I know. You mean it's not you drinking between it's, well grinds? I wouldn't mind having one, but no, not between grinds. I don't drink and grind. <laughs> you, well, I don't well, drink and does? grind skates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I might grind, but not grind skates. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. All right, here we go. It's <laughs> that we time. Go. We got one from No Outlet over on Twitter. <laughs> Out of all major pro sports, which athletes are most athletic? I'm going to go with UFC fighters. Really? Most I th- athletic. I just think that the most rounded athletes from obviously cardio to functionality, movement, strength, power, explosiveness. Uh, I, just, I just think you got to endurance. I mean, I think they cover all the, all the bases, at least the way I see it. But Well, I no, I see what you're saying. I If you say athlete to me, I'm thinking... Team? Like sports, like who... Like an athlete, like chemo team, and then like people don't like this guy is like really good at soccer. Oh, I see. What you're really good at basketball. Like really good at hockey. Obviously, like Matt Reed, one of the best golfers I've ever seen. Soccer player. Okay. That's what it, when he said athlete. That's what I meant. Like which sport? I know what you're saying, and I what I what agree. sport is like they're the most athletic. Is that the question? Is that the uh, what he was saying? Okay, yeah. I, I I would agree with that. Like they're probably the best athletes, but if you're talk if I was gonna answer that, I would say like I don't know, like it's easy to, for me to say, but I think I've hockey players the ones that I've like seen ra- well rounded well rounded athlete, yeah. Like but yeah. I mean that's could probably be in any sport too. Yeah. I mean I'm sure like, those guys so, but can... I like your answer, so let's go with that. Because that that's a that's a good answer. We got one from DMBTOR05 over on Twitter. I know it's preseason, but does the flyer start concern you? Lack of offense and defense. Well, it is preseason. You're getting young guys in there to get their looks. And I don't know. I mean, you'd like to score more than one goal in two games. But, yeah. um, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm concerned right now. Um, the start. In Jersey, like we talked about earlier, was a little, <clears throat> I mean, but again, you got a lot of kids playing and nerves. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I'm not sure if concern is the word. I think it's just the, the reality of the Flyers. We talked about this at the end of last year going into the off season. Like, you know, they haven't replaced some of these goals. You know, the back end is, I say, weakened with you know some of this movement. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of twofold. I think when you don't have guys that can move the puck up, you know, and carry the puck out of situations and move the puck up to the forwards. You're gonna you're gonna lack defense and you're gonna lack offense, right? So it's right. like a little bit of a double whammy. So they haven't improved the offense and they've weakened the defense. But I, I think this is the reality of the Flyers this year is they're gonna have to find ways to to defend better and keep these yeah. games tight. 
and then you know say score by committee like they're not going to score a lot of goals i don't think um but if you keep it tight and play well defensively you're going to generate a little more offense and just gonna have to play that real (laughs) yeah that really stingy game i think to, to squeeze games out um at least that's the way i see it um I just don't think that they've improved enough offensively and certainly not on the back end. So, right. yeah, but concerning, I think it's just the reality. You know, I think, again, it's hard to evaluate in preseason because you got, you know, mixed lineups, both teams. You know, it's loose, uh, looser. You know, the structure there yeah. is not quite there. But I think. I think what you what you saw in those two games is probably maybe not quite to that extent. You know, one goal in two games, they're going to score more. Right. But they're not going to score a lot, you know, so they're going to have to keep the goals against really, really low. That's the way I see it. You're also, whether you liked either one of them or not, which Torch really didn't, taking Provorov out of your lineup. Right. (laughs) And Tony D'Angelo. that's it. Love him or hate him, that's a lot to lose on your back end. Yeah, And they're they're aware of that, obviously. They know that. Um, But uh, you you lost a lot of minutes there. A lot of minutes, yeah. Two guys that went... (laughs) Arguably, they were one and two. They were your one and two. Yeah, D men. So. And, and and to to that point is those, those guys. You know, can we get the puck out and skate the puck out? Of, you know, yes. uh, out of trouble and you know move the puck up and advance the puck right. So even if the the forwards aren't as offensive as we'd like them to be, or you know can score as much, at least they're playing away from their net. Yes. But you know, you know, it's playing playing in and around your net and in your zone more than you should drains the team, as you know. It's yes. it's it's exhausting. It so. Is. But I think you know it's 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 still early. I think the organization's very well aware of the holes. Um, you know, guys gonna have to take on larger roles and right. just play tighter. I mean, yeah. play harder. I mean, yeah, that's the hard, reality. Tight, of, yeah. So good question. Yes. Ike Barrows over on Twitter wants to know, Riley, did you ever fight Zach Fitzgerald in the AHL? How was it being his coach in Adirondack? He was so cool with the fans. I never fought Fitzy, but. As you alluded to, one of the greatest guys Good you'll ever guy, <laughs> ever have in the locker room. I mean, he reminded me so much of myself. Like he, like God, he 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 would fight anybody. He would and and want to do it again. He'd get his ass beat and get back out there and do it all over again. Like as if it was like he was like unfazed by it and smile on his face chirping having fun like looking at me how was that you know like <laughs> just such a good guy you know just good guy in the locker room. You know, great guy with fans. I mean, you talk about the best guy with fans like. Just, just give his shirt off his back to anybody. Yeah. Never fought the guy. Certainly would have if I had played against him. I'm sure. Um, but talk about a gamer, man! Like pfft. he was a game gamer. Anybody, anytime, anywhere. I enjoyed him at camp. Man. Yeah, just man. talking to him. Like, what? Are you know, happy? Yeah, little like, sounds you'd make. Yeah, make sounds. He was just. So happy and happy to be there. Oh yeah, so grateful yes. and just like yeah, he's he's Great exactly guy. as a coach. He like if you could just clone his character. Maybe, yeah. maybe maybe even a little more skill, yeah, you know. But yeah, he you would know tell I mean? you yeah, that too. yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, he's the, yeah. But nonetheless, like if you can clone the character and just spread that amongst the, every player, I mean, yeah, that, that'd be a coach's dream. Um, but yeah, one of the best guys you'll meet in hockey, I think. He was. He was awesome. Yep. I got one more. All right. This is a question from me. Uh, one of our camera operators, Debo, the other night made an asinine question, in my opinion. Or I shouldn't say a question, but a statement where he said that Bo Horvat was better than Claude Giroux. Whoa. I would like to know your guys' thoughts on that. He Whoa. did say that, Debo. As a joke, kind of. 
<laughs> Bo. Oh, Bo. Bo don't know. Bo don't know. <laughs> not that Bo. I like Bo, but not that much. I don't like Bo that much, Debo. He's a, good, he's a great player. That's all I got to say. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I'm not, sure, not I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's G status, but I don't think he's quite. Oh, he there. will be eventually. Yeah. What? Give him a couple years. How many more years? Uh, two. Two more years, or how old is he? I don't know. What? Twenty six? Twenty seven? He's gonna be G. We'll see. G All was right, G, people, G, you G, was G at like twenty three. Yeah, yeah, G right. was G at twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. G. <laughs> Yeah, it takes yeah, time. It does. You're it's right. He's running out of it, so you yeah. better hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> good question, uh, yeah, Baller. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, hey, I think that's a wrap. Is now. that a wrap? Oh, oh yeah, one twenty-seven in the books. In the books. Don't forget to tell them to like and subscribe on YouTube. You tell them. I just did. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Check us out next week for episode one twenty-eight. Until then, stay safe, knuckleheads. See ya. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.